Well, welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Uh, my name is Judah, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive. So we welcome you to any of our locations, Torrington, New Britain, Terryville, or online or on TV. We are so glad that you're joining us. And we're starting a new series this week called Equipped. Equipped. And this is all about how the Holy Spirit uh, equips us, empowers us, so that we can be used by him, so that we can make a difference in this world, in our one and only life, we can make a difference for him. Has anybody here ever gotten a gift before? You ever gotten a gift before? Okay, everybody, you know, we've gotten gifts, right? Yeah, you get a gift, somebody, somebody gives you a gift, but have you ever gotten a gift that you never really opened? You just, you know, you left it in the basement somewhere, you put it up on the shelf, you know, you put it away. Here's the worst kind of gift, right? Like somebody gives you something and you kind of put it away, you don't ever put it out, and then you, you invite them over, they're coming over for a holiday, and you're like, wait a minute. We've got to get the gift out. We've got to hang the picture up. You've got to put the, the dish out. You've got to put whatever. So that way they'll think that you're actually using it. Meanwhile, it had actually been sitting on the shelf. And, and I've been trying to think of some personal illustrations, but I figured that was going to be too dangerous for me to share some of those things, you know, uh, of gifts that go unused. And, and it's like that sometimes. We get these gifts, and, and maybe it's nice. It's a, it's a gift that, that maybe we would enjoy, but we just don't get around to to opening it up, it goes unused, sits there on the shelf. You get these gifts that you, you forget to, to open. And, and, and this is kind of like the gifts that God gives us. Sometimes God gives us a gift, a spiritual gift, and it goes unused and unopened, sitting on the shelf. And we talk about things like spiritual gifts, and, and sometimes we see people in this world who uh, misuse and abuse spiritual gifts. And it gets all, all kind of weird and wacky, and, and you turn on, you know, late night TV uh, evangelists sometimes, and you see things that are going on, and you're like, I don't know, like if that's what it means to have a spiritual gift, I kind of don't want it, because it seems kind of weird and wacky. So, so there's kind of two extremes, right? The, the whole, the weird and wacky kind of fully embracing all the, the, the craziness that sometimes we see, or that there's the other side where we're just like, you know, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to act as if it doesn't even exist. Some of us, we know that God has given us gifts and talents and abilities to do certain things for his kingdom, but maybe, maybe we only dust those gifts off on Sunday, on the weekend. When we come to church, we're like, oh, I'll break that gift out. I'll use it a little bit here so, so people can see that I'm using a gift that God has given me. Sometimes we just allow these gifts to sit on a shelf and gather dust. Are we truly using the gifts that God has given us? The gifts that God has given us to serve the church? Are we using these? See, see, God is preparing you. God is preparing you for a journey. God is preparing you for a mission here on this earth. God is preparing you for a task. And you have this mission, you have this task, and the good thing of it is, is sometimes we see the task, we're like, I don't know if I can accomplish that, but God is like, I'm going to give you the gift, I'm going to give you the ability, I'm going to give you the capacity to actually do the task that I've set in front of you. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. You know, it's not all the same. There's different kinds Different people have different kinds of gifts. There's different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. The same spirit. Because there are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. 
God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in us. Verse seven, though, this is what we're getting at. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. That means that God wants to give you a spiritual gift or has given you a spiritual gift. For those of us that are following Jesus Christ, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? Why has he given us one? It says it right here. Just underline this. So we can help each other. See, that, that's the goal. That's the purpose. God has given us gifts and abilities and talents. He's given us spiritual gifts so that we can help each other. In your notes, if you're taking them, God has given us gifts so that we can serve each other. Who's the each other? Who's the each other? Like, just look around you for a second. The people sitting around you, these are the each other. Well, what, well, what about my family? Yeah, yeah, those are the each other too. Well, what about, you know, our church? Yeah, what, what about my coworkers? Yeah, what about my angry, irate neighbor? Yes, absolutely, especially them. See, God has given us gifts, and he's given us them to us with the purpose that we serve each other. So there's one source for all of these gifts, the Holy Spirit. And there's one purpose, and the purpose is to serve each other. And God is the one who gives them. God is the one who disperses them. And it's his choice what gift you get. Sometimes we look around and like, oh, well, I see somebody, and they're gifted in a certain way. I'm like, I wish I had their gift. And sometimes we can be so spiritually jealous of the gift that somebody else has that we totally ignore the gift that God has given us. See, God wants us to use the gift that he's given us to accomplish the work here that he has put on this earth because, in your notes, God has given us a mission. A mission, should you choose to accept it. He's given you a task. He's given you a purpose, a reason to be alive, and he has equipped us to do the task that he has set before us. See, the question is not if God is calling us. See, so often we get like, I wonder if God is calling me. I wonder if God is calling me to serve. Like, that is the wrong question. The question is not, is God calling me? The question is, is are we going to listen and obey his call? See, that's the question. Like, God is calling each and every one of us. If, if we consider ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ, then God is calling you, he's equipping you, he wants you to be engaged in serving his kingdom and advancing his kingdom and reaching those who are far from Christ. See, the question is, are we gonna obey his call? Are we gonna listen to the call of God or, or are we gonna make excuses? Make excuses for why we can't serve, why we can't use the gifts that God has given us. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, now this is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to his kind of spiritual son, Timothy, and he says, it says, preach the word of God, or in other words, use the gift that you've been given. It says, preach the word of God, Pre be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Whether the time is favorable or not. That means be ready, be ready, be ready to use your gift. If the time is good, if the time is bad. You know, I, I've personally, I've been to, to events before. I, I went to a, a, a graduation service before where some people were graduating a Bible, uh, a Bible college and I was there and I'm like just there, I'm just there to celebrate and just to enjoy. And, and, and like last minute they come and say, hey, would you come up and share a few words? I'm like, really? Like, I normally like to prepare these few words before I just get up there and like, just come on. And so I had to be ready, ready to use the gift that God had given me. I don't know if it was any good or not, but I surely said some stuff because that's one thing I can do. I can just talk and nobody talks back to me. I just talk. It's great. You know, I talk and you guys listen. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know what's going to come out. So, um, but anyhow, 
We have to be ready. It says be ready if the time is favorable or not favorable. Sometimes there's, you're in situations where God calls you to use a gift and it's not favorable. Maybe, maybe one of your gifts is, is sharing the love of Christ to somebody through telling the story about how God has transformed your life. And you're in a situation and you're down and you're discouraged and you're frustrated at God a little bit and he puts somebody in your path and says, okay, go ahead and talk to them. It's like, well, you know what? This is not a favorable time. And God's like, that's okay. Be ready whether the time is favorable or not favorable. See, we don't get to use, choose the time. See, God has called us and equipped us to do a job, to do a mission. Do we have a plan to use the gift that God has given us or do we simply have excuses? Well, the time's not right. Or once I finish, fill in the blank. Once I finish school, then I'll serve God. Once I get married, then I'll serve God. Once I have kids, then I'll serve God. Once the kids grow up and move out, then I'll serve God. Once I get a job, oh, I'll serve God then. Once I retire from the job, then I'll serve God. Once I'm dead and gone. I mean, I mean it's like, like we come up with all these excuses. I'm just so busy right now. I'm just not ready yet. Isn't it enough that I just show up occasionally at church? Isn't that enough? Like, you know, and, and you know, it's God God not only wants us to show up, but he wants us to step up as well. See, he wants us to step up. He wants us to get on the playing field. He, he's given us a, a, a gifting. He's given us skills and talents and abilities, and he's given us a position to play. And the question is, is will we take that step? Will we step out onto the playing field, or do we just sit in the stands and watch the world go by? See, it's crazy how we let urgent things in this world overshadow the important things. There's so many urgent things that come. There's so many things in life that, that, that we're facing, whether it's, it's, it's jobs and sports and hobbies and activities and TV shows and get video games and so many things that we allow to, to get in the way of the most important things that we should actually be doing that actually makes an eternal difference in somebody else's life. And yet we allow these other things to, to get in the way oftentimes. See, God has given us a gift. He's given us a talent. He's equipped us with these gifts. It says in Acts 1.8, it says, you will receive power. Anybody want power? Anybody? Okay, like four of you. Great, okay. <laughs> Rest of you, like, what do you want? More weakness? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, we want power, right? I get it, you're half asleep right now. But here, we want power, right? It says, you will receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you, to give power to you, to equip you. And the gifts that God gives us are to be used to serve one another, used to advance God's kingdom. Here's the thing about a spiritual gift. If, if you feel like God has given you a spiritual gift and you're beginning to explore it, or you see somebody else in this world and they're saying, oh, I have this spiritual gift, here is a good test to see if the gift is in fact spiritual in nature or not, and it's in your notes, that spiritual gifts will always point to Jesus. They always point to Jesus. They always do. So hey, I'll give you an example. Like some people have the, the gift of generosity, right? And, and they, just, they just give, they give generously, they give generously to to organizations like the church to advance the kingdom. They give to, to people that are in need in other countries. They just give generously. But, but have you ever seen 
like the companies when they give and they get those giant checks printed. You know those giant checks? They're like, they're like two foot tall by five foot long. I, I've looked at They cost like $100 just to print the check, okay? So you get this giant check and it's got like $30,000 and it's got the, the company logo. Like we're giving it to feed, you know, hungry children. And, and I'm not saying that's not good, but, but the reason that they're doing it, okay, is advertisement, right? They're not doing it to give God any glory. They're doing it to give themselves glory. Like, like look at our company name printed in nice, big, bold letters on the front of this check saying that we're giving $30,000 for this good cause so that you'll look at us and think that we're so altruistic that you'll come and buy more of our products, right? Like that's ultimately the purpose for some of these things is they want to point the finger to themselves. But the true gift of generosity says, I don't need to be seen. I'm pointing it to Jesus, See, and that's just one example, but there's many other examples as well. Whatever gift God has given us, it's to be used for his glory, not our own. But see, I've heard people, and especially you know, people in ministry and people all over, and they say things that really tick me off. They'll say things like, like I prayed and I healed this person. I'm like, you didn't heal nobody. Like, you don't have that power. You don't have the ability. To, or so, so I told somebody about Jesus and I saved them. I'm like, you didn't save nobody. It was Jesus that saved them. It was the Holy Spirit that healed them. Let's not take credit for, for what we didn't do, what we didn't accomplish. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play, though. See, we, we have a part to play. In fact, in your notes, a spiritual gift is a partnership between us and God. It's a partnership. It's, in a, it's like a deal that we have. See, he empowers us, and then we do the work. He empowers us, and then we do the work. See, see, things get really weird because there's two sides to this, okay? Like, like you have somebody, and they're operating in their, in their gift. Maybe it's a, a musical gift or a speaking gift or a serving gift or, or something like that. And I've seen this all too often, and there's kind of two ways to play it. Somebody comes up and, and says, wow, that was really great what you did. And you're like, yeah, I'm just awesome, aren't I? You know, and we just like, yes, yes, I am great. I'm God's gift to mankind, right? So that's one side of things. Then there's the the other side, people come and say, oh, wow, what you did is really great and amazing. Like, it wasn't me. It was all God. And I'm like, wait a minute. The pendulum just went from one extreme to the other. How about somewhere in the middle? Like, yeah, you know what? It was a partnership. Like, he did his part. I did my part. We worked together. It wasn't my power, but I had to actually do something. See, see, it's okay to acknowledge the fact that we're operating in the gift that God has given us. But see, the thing of it is, is when we realize that we partner up on it, it always points to Jesus. It always points to him. It's not pointing to me, myself, and I. Not trying to make me look good. It's trying to make God look good. And, and you look around this world, and even in, even in the Christian world, and you see so many people that are just pointing their finger to themselves and their accomplishment and their books and their music and this, that, and the other, and they fail to realize that their gift was given to them to point the way to Jesus, not to themselves. See, when, when we use our spiritual gifts... It has, a, it has a return. In fact, when you're using your spiritual gift, it has a disproportionate return on investment. In other words, you do a little bit of effort and it brings a big return. You do a little bit and it brings a great return. It's something that, that, that gives you energy, gives you strength. It revitalizes you. It impacts other people. You know, it, it's funny because, because there's some people that, that I know, they'll go and they'll just casually invite somebody to church. And it's like they just, they, people just come and they just come and they just come. I've got friends I've been inviting for years. And I'm the pastor for crying out loud. And they will not come. They just will not come. They're like, what? 
I'm going to go hear you talk? Like, come on. It's like they, they won't, you know, but it's funny because, because it's like it's, it's not my, my particular gift. I'm not that great at it for whatever reason. See, I, I do a lot of effort, and I don't get as big a return. Other people, they just barely, they just say, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to church. People are like, let me come with you. You know, it, it's a disproportionate return on investment. See, we need to develop what God has given us, though. We need to develop what God has deposited in our life. The problem is, in many times, that we look around, we see people serving. You see people serving in church. You see people serving, you know, all throughout this world, and they're serving, and they're doing good, and you see that, and like, like, wow, that's amazing what they're doing, what they're able to accomplish, and we often see the gift, but we don't see the grind that they had to go through to get the gift ready. See, we only see the gift, but we don't see the fact that they had to develop it. They had to work at it. They had to do the grind. It says in 2 Timothy 1, again, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. In other words, your gift comes with some assembly required. You ever buy something at Ikea before? It's like, here, decipher this hieroglyphics and put your furniture together. You know, or, or the worst is, you know, Christmas Eve, you're getting ready to put all the gifts out. You got the gifts for the kids and you open it up and you're like, oh, I guess I have to put this thing together, right? It's like, I didn't know I had to be a bike mechanic now. And, and so we're putting, because as I like some assembly requires, it says, this, this is why I remind you to fan into flames. You know, this is, this is a bellows. Well, that sounds cool. <laughs> um, it, it just blows air, right? And you use this when you're uh, trying to start a fire, perhaps, or, or maybe the next morning when the fire has gone out and, and there's just a few coals in there and, and then maybe there's this, this one little ember in there and it doesn't look like much and you can fan, you can blow the air on it. And as you blow that air, that, that ember starts to, to get brighter and brighter, and it glows more and more red, and eventually it bursts into flame, and that flame begins to, to, to affect the other embers around and the other kindling and the other fuel that is also nearby, and it begins to ignite it, and it begins to get that warm, and the heat begins to grow, and it warms your entire house. See, this is what God's saying here, that we need to fan and to flame the gift that God has given us. Instead, you know what many of us do is we just extinguish the ember altogether. I'm just going to pour some water. You know, I know God has given me a gift. I know he's given me a purpose. I know he wants me to do things, but I'm just going to, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to take the opportunities that God has given me. No, here Paul is saying to Timothy, he says, fan that into flame. Blow on those coals. Make them hotter. Make it contagious so that it affects those around you. In your notes, God gives you everything you need to do what he's called you to do. You may feel like God has called you to do something in this world. Let me tell you, if God has truly called you to do it, then he'll give you everything you need to accomplish that task. He's, he's not just gonna say, well, go do this, but good luck. No, no, he's also giving you the tools that you need. He's saying, here, I'm gonna equip you and empower you and give you what you need. Now, it may take some effort. It may take a grind. It may take some fanning and to flame that gift. It's not just gonna come already fully developed, but he's gonna give you what you need but you gotta put the work in. It's like having the right tool for the right job and God saying, here, I'm giving you the right tool to accomplish the work that I've called you to do. It's like God gave David a harp and God gave David a sling, but he had to learn how to use them to accomplish the work that he had for him. Now, 
in Scripture, there's a lot of different lists of spiritual gifts, okay? We talk about spiritual gifts, and you go online, like, how do I find my spiritual gift? And there's all these, like, personality assessments, and take these quizzes, and I'm pretty sure the early church didn't have quizzes to take that would help them to determine their spiritual gift. And there's all these, and some people say, well, there's 20, and there's 18, and there's 26, and I don't know, there's probably even more. In fact, I don't think that God is limited to a list. Like, I don't think he's, in fact, I think that there's some gifts that God gives people even in this day and age that were not even relevant when this was written. Like gifts of like in technology and different things like that. There's things that, that just weren't even invented back then. But see, God equips us and gives us gifts, but we're gonna kind of simplify this throughout this next series and we're gonna focus on five things, five things. And, and in fact, you can think of them more like gift purposes, a purpose for the gift. Now, you may have a gift, and it may be a variety of different things, but it inevitably will serve one of the five main functions in the church. Now, this is also, like Paul wrote several lists, and this is the very last list that he wrote. And so I kind of figure that he thinks this is the best one. He kind of like honed it, he worked on it, he, he tested it out, and this was the final one. This is the most simple, concise, easy to remember list that he had. And it's in Ephesians 4, uh, starting in verse 11. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. The apostles, the apostles are the ones who are like the visionaries. They're, they're the ones who, who dream big dreams, who go out and, and start new ventures, who accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. The prophets, these are the ones who, who boldly speak on God's behalf to other people. The evangelists, these are the people who just love to share what God has done in their life. They love to, to invite people. They love to share their faith with others. The pastors, those are the ones who just love to encourage and love to care and love to come alongside and be with you when you go through difficult times. The teachers, these are the ones who are gifted and equipped to, to teach God's word in an accessible way. It says, now, now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Here's a good way to, I kind of like to, to remember it. Imagine you're driving a car, and uh, it's late when I, it's raining, the road's all wet, and, and, and your car just skids out of control, off into a ditch, and now you crash, you're in a ditch, right? The apostle comes by and says, okay, here's what we gotta do. We gotta get a tow truck in here. We gotta get you to, you know, a mechanic. We gotta get this problem fixed. We're gonna have to maybe get somewhere for you to stay for the night. They're, they're like organizing the whole thing. Like, we're gonna get this. We're gonna take a, a care of everything. You know, they're assigning tasks to everybody. They're getting everything ready. The evangelists come in there, and they're like, you know what? This reminds me that we all in our life run into a ditch sometimes. <laughs> and we all need a savior. And I know you're in the ditch right now, and Jesus wants to save you. And the pastors are like, how are you feeling right now? Can I, let's just, like, let me just love you. Let me just take care of you in this difficult time that you're facing right now. The teacher is like, okay, so there's water on the road. And as you were coming at this high rate of speed, you started a hydroplane and you went off into the ditch like this. The prophet comes along and says, I could have told you this was going to happen. So these five different areas. It says the, prof, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, to build up the church. This is our purpose. So we're gonna be looking at these things 
over the next couple weeks. We're going to be looking at each of them in detail. And many of you may have more than one of these things evident in your life, and that's great. And honestly, you can actually learn to operate in all of them, but you always have something that's primary. So here's a couple questions that you can use as you begin to explore the spiritual gifts that God may give to you and has given to you. The first thing, it's just super simple. Like we're just going to make this as simple as we possibly can, okay? There's no, 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 no assessments, no personality stuff, no, no you know, horoscopes, no horoscopes, none of that. It's just simply here. The first one, do you want it? Do you want it? As, like, as I write through the list, you're like, wow, I want that one. Like do you want it? Because if you're attracted to a specific gift, it's probably for a reason. Maybe it's because God has equipped you with that. Do, do you want it? Is it attractive to you? The next thing in your notes is, is, do others see it? Do they see it? See, if God put a gift in your life, other people will tend to recognize it without you promoting it. They'll recognize it. They'll see it in your, in your life. And you don't have to go around. You don't have to promote it. You don't have to do anything else like that. Like, you, they just see that. They see the gift. Like, for, for me, like, whenever I introduce myself to anybody, whether it's here or anywhere else in the world, I'm like, hi, my name's Judah. That's it. That's it. My name's Judah. I'm not Pastor Judah. I'm just Judah. Now, there's inevitably people that call me Pastor Judah, but it's never because I've asked for it. It's because maybe they've recognized something, and that's what they've called me. And that's okay. They can, or they can just call me Judah because it's my name. But here's the thing. When, when God has put a gift in you, other people will see it. And sometimes it's helpful for you to ask somebody, a close person, say, what do you think my gift is? And say, oh, I, I know what it is. Whenever you invite somebody, they come to church. Or, or you know what? You just love serving people. Whenever somebody's broken, you love to go over and, and comfort them and help them. So do other people see it? The last thing, the third thing in your notes is do you actually show it? Do you actually show it? So you'll never know unless if you actually take a step of faith. Like, do you actually demonstrate this in life? And it's time for us to take a step out of the natural into the uh, supernatural. It's time for us to, to take a move and, and maybe experiment and explore, like, like, what is the gifts that God has given me? To, to try it and see if it works. The more you use it, then the stronger it gets. We're going to fan it into flame. We're going to blow some air on those coals and, and let them get stronger and stronger. See, one of, the, one of the worst fears that I have is meeting Jesus and realizing that I missed opportunities to use what he's given me for his kingdom. That, that I missed opportunities to make an impact on this world. Or that you've missed an opportunity to impact your family, your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, the people in your, your life. Now, this, our salvation doesn't depend on that, but our impact does. See, our salvation doesn't depend on what we do, but, but our impact in this world. So God has given each of us different roles, all with the same goal, all with the same goal of pointing people to Jesus, to serving each other. And the church needs people with different gifts and talents. He needs people like you, and he needs people like me. And, and he's calling each of us, and I need you, and you need me, and God has equipped us, and he's equipped us all together to be a team, to work out what he has called us to do and the highest calling that we can have in our life. I don't care what anybody tells you. The highest calling that you can have in life is not making more dollars and cents to put in a bank account. The highest calling that we can have in this world is to be used by God and to impact other people. For his purpose, to make a difference. Some people say, well, what's it like to be in full-time ministry? 
Like, you don't know already? Like, you're, you should be in full-time ministry too. Like, aren't we all called to be full-time followers of God? We're not just called to follow him on Sunday morning. We're called to, to follow him all the time. Do, do you think we follow a part-time God? No, we follow a full-time God, and he wants us to follow him full-time. He wants us to serve him full-time. All of us need to be full-time ministers, full-time using our gifts and abilities to accomplish the work that he's put in our life. Now, maybe you feel like you don't have too much. Like, I don't have that much. I don't have those gifts. I don't have much. I don't have a lot. It's just, just like a little ember, maybe. Just like a couple of seeds. I only have like a couple of like little seeds. It's not that much. But we need to fan it into flame. We need to use the little that we have. And God can use that to accomplish great things, just like the, the boy in the Gospels. And he came to Jesus with five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took it and he multiplied it and he fed thousands of people. Samson with a jawbone, he fought off an entire army. David with a sling and he killed giants. And God can do a lot with a little in your life as long as you use it for him, for his glory. And let me tell you, God has equipped you. He is empowering you. He's setting you apart. He has a mission for you should you choose to accept it. Now we can choose to leave the gift on the shelf. We can let it go unused and unwrapped and just sitting there gathering dust or we can do what he's called us to do to fan it into flame, to use it for his kingdom, to use it for his glory, to make a difference with our one and only life. Let's pray. God, we come to you now and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for choosing to use us. As messed up as we may be, you've chosen to use us. And we thank you for giving us good gifts to accomplish your work here on this earth. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your Lord, don't let another day go by. He wants you in his family. It says in scripture that if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. So if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, won't you say that? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. And let me tell you, when you do that, he fills your life. He's gonna gift you. He's gonna empower you to do the work that he's called you to do. So God, let us use our gifts. Let us use our talents. Let us use our abilities. Let us use even our past, even our pain. Let us use it all for your glory, for your honor, to reach this world that is lost and broken and hurting. Use us, Lord, to be a light in the darkness. Use us, Lord, to bring encouragement to those around us. Use us to be an inspiration. Use us to pray bold prayers for people. Use us to share our faith. Lord, we wanna be used by you. We thank you that you've given Lifted us and empowered us. So let us fan that into flame. Let the flame burn bright for you. Let us be on fire for you so that we can accomplish everything that you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.